God bless you. We're going to begin in Romans chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we're released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve not under the old written code, but in the new life of the Spirit. Now we, brothers and we've studied Romans together, and many of you didn't even need, don't even need me to explain a whole lot to you. But the sinful passions that were aroused by the law—it was—it was—it was like this: when we found out we weren't supposed to do it, it made us want to do it more. And we didn't really know it was sinful until we were told it was sinful by the law. But nevertheless, these were those passions that existed in our natural bodies, in our old nature. We had these passions, these sinful passions, if you will. Passion. I think that's what we're going to be talking about today, passion. So the question is, where's your passion? Where's your passion? Mary, where's your passion? (laughs) She was still studying the Word. I just... (laughs) Where's your passion? Now, now, passion in this passage, and in most passages that I've studied, um, it, it speaks, uh, it, it, all of them have their root in a Greek word which is called uh, Pasco. Not Pasco County, but Pasco. And, and it's to experience a sensation or impre- impression, listen, usually painful. Usually painful. Right? So now, there are other words now. The word that's in this specific uh, scripture in that verse, passion, it come, that word that I've just described to you, Pasco, this is a derivative. That word is a derivative of that word. But my brothers and sisters, n- nevertheless, suffice it to say, it's something that's on the inside of you, this, this and whatever it is, it's, you, can, you feel it, like physically almost. It, it's part of your physical body. It's, it's a drive. It's, 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 it's unction, I think. <clears throat> Let's continue. Let me pause here. Because I want to... Do you feel like that about anything? Now, if Michelle were here, she would raise her hand and say, about my husband. <laughs> I wish. No, I'm just kidding. And, see, when, and, when, and even when you talk about the word passion, passionate, passion, you know, we think of romance and, and the, you know, the, the uh, physical attraction between husbands and wives or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. So, you know, that's one of the things that comes to mind. But passion is not just that. It's part of that. Obviously, that is a passion. I feel passion for my wife still after all of these years. I mean, it's, we love each other. And, you know, after 37 years, I mean, you know, we, there's still the, the passion could be the passion that we have for each other. This, this, this fervency, this, this desire, this crave that we have for each other. Not just in the physical sense, um, but, you know, that's part of it, obviously. But also this desire to be with one another. I enjoy being with her, not just in the physical sense, not just in the, you know, the married uh, bedroom sense, but also in the sense that I enjoy her company. I like, you know, talking with her. I like, you know, uh, since we've gotten a little older, Michelle has planned a lot of our little trips, you know, seeking to get me to do some different things. Uh, thus, the, uh, the, the ropes courses and all this, you know, hiking. I, you know, in my back of my head, I think she's trying to kill me, but, you know, maybe not. <laughs> but no, I enjoy these, having these, uh, these intercourses with her. 
I still crave to be around her. I still have this passion for her. See, you know, I, I feel sorry for maybe couples who have been together a long time or not a long time, but, you know, it was all about the physical. It was all about the heat, the passion up front. And then, you know, you, you get used to it. You get tired of it. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. No. You know, and then I'm, I, it's not love and passion are two different things, obviously. So I love my wife. She loves me. Uh, we're committed to each other, but there's still a passion behind it. Are you with me? Now, I'm asking you again. Where's yours? Where's your passion? What, what do you have passion for? Is there anything? I wanna, let's go to 2 Samuel real quick. 2 Samuel. This, was, this takes us back to the time when King David and Israel, they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant back in, into uh, Jerusalem. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 13. And so it was when those bearing the Ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed, David sacrificed uh, oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. You see that? David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. He was, in, he was worshiping God. I think it's very, very careful to point out two things here. He's wearing the linen ephod and he's not wearing a whole lot else. No, number one, he's wearing the linen ephod because he's worshiping God. Right? He's not looking, uh, he's not one of the Chippendales here. He's worshiping God. Are you with me? Come on now. He's worshiping God. I, 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 see, I get my passion up just now speaking this word. Because I could picture that in my mind. All of these years, I remember preaching this in all the different buildings that we've ever been in. I remember references to this all the time. And I remember specifically one time I got so riled up, I took my jacket off. Some saucer eyes got this big. I think they thought I was going to take some more off. But no, they go, oh, saucer eyes. But no, but I, I, you know what? I picture this and I get, my blood gets up. I get, I just, I could feel his passion. So sometimes when you're ministering, some of you who have been in the pulpit, or even even if you've been on a praise team, and the Lord gets a hold of you, and you just you just feel, and you're singing the words, and those words are coming from the depths of your soul, and you're pre, and you're teaching, and it is just it gets all over you. There's passion there. I'm not talking about pure emotion here. We're going to get into that in a minute. We're talking passion. David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord, shouting with the sound of the trumpet. This was a celebration, you all. This was not just hype. This was something. Remember, David had already witnessed something. What did he witness? When they were trying to take it up there to the, fir- the first time, when it rocked and Uzzah touched it, struck dead, that bothered David. That bothered David. Uh, remember that. You remember, and my, my, uh, I'm not the only one who remembers that, right? Yeah. Struck da- so now David remembers that. And now he's bringing this thing up. He's doing it the right way. He's doing it. And he's celebrating. No one's been killed yet. He's celebrating. And then the people are shouting. This is not hype. This is a celebration. There's, listen, there's sacrifices being made. This is, a, this is a victory. This is the awesome. This is the presence of God. And they're celebrating it and enjoying it. And they're showing it. No hype. Real deal. But then we see something happens here in verse 16. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. 
She had a totally different reaction, didn't she? David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was celebrating something from the inside. He had a passion for this. She's having a total different experience here. I'm going to continue. Some of this will be up there. Some of it won't. Just listen. In verse 20, David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today! Mm-hmm. Uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of, the ser- of his servants as one of these base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. You see what drove her? She's looking at the circumstances and situation. She's worried about how it looks. She's worried about that. So she's having a total emotional reaction based on what she's seeing. Verse 21, So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Watch. I love what he, how he started that. It was before the Lord. You see that? It was before the Lord. I wasn't dancing for anybody else. I didn't, I didn't strip down to the ephod for anybody else. It was before the Lord. I, oh, I love it. i got to continue because I could just stay there for a while. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this. And will humble, be humble in my own sight. I'm going to do the things that you all and that would in this generation, that in this society, in this culture, I'm going to do those things that look humble. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that myself. I'm going to humble myself. I'm not going to care how I look because this is before the Lord. I'm passionate about my feeling toward the Lord. Yeah, it's a feeling, but it's passion for the Lord. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care how it looks to everybody else. My passion is for the Lord. And I'm going to even get more undignified than this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. See, you're worried about that? I'm telling you. I'm doing this before the Lord. The ones that count, they'll know. The ones that count, they'll know. Hallelujah. So, so, so look, now, to me, I, this is just one little example of emotions versus passion. See, passion is kind of, it, all, it can be described as a strong emotion, but here's, I, I, I wrote some stuff down. I, I really, I, I tried to study this out and get everybody's opinion and definitions and the whole thing. But passion, to me, from whatever I could determine and, and, and discern, both from the scripture, the Greek words that are used, and then also English, you know, passion comes from the inside. Passion comes from what you believe. It comes from what you believe. It's, 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 it's a belief. Emotion is more kind of external. It's based on feelings only. And, and, and uh, I, I want to try and... Um, emotion is, is, could be... Exa- now wait, let me back up here because here's, this is a, a strong point. Passion, in my opinion, based on something on the inside, based on what you believe not just only emotion, not just a feeling, but based on what you believe, that doesn't necessarily mean what you believe is true. 
So you could be, you know, you could be genuine, you could be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong. Right? Not everybody is going to be right. There are many people that have passion about the truth that they believe, and they'll argue. <laughs> I got people who want to argue with me all the time when I tell them Jesus is the only way. That happened to me a couple weeks now, and I got to, you know, and they want to argue. They're very passionate about what they believe, but they're, you know, and they're sincere. They sincerely believe it, but they're sincerely wrong. But so you see what, what, I'm, what I'm saying to my brothers and sisters just because your passion is based on something um, that you strongly believe doesn't mean that you're right, but you, it's okay to be passionate about what you believe. Right? Emotionalism is an exaggerated display of strong feelings, while passion is enthusiasm and interests that are behind your actions. See, the, the enthusiasm and the interest that you have that cause you to take the action that you take. Are you with me? To me, like I said, I, I try to find... There are many... I know there are people in here who own pets, who have animals. Now, um, you can own a pet and you can have a sentimental attachment to your pet, um, or you don't even have to own a pet, but you know, if you see an animal being treated cruelly, or you, know, you see a hurt animal or something on the side of the road, I mean, you, you, could, you could feel sad about it, you can get mad about it, right? You see somebody mistreating, you know, that's an emotional response. You're having an emotional response. And it's, it's not a bad one, it's genuine, it's a good one, right? But now, if animals were your passion, you might do something like join the uh, ASPCA, volunteer your time working with animals. Or you may, like my granddaughter, one of my granddaughters thinks that she wants to become a veterinarian. I think she means that it's vegetarian because she eats nothing but vegetables. No. But, but think about that for a moment. See, you see the difference? I mean, you can have feelings toward animals and, and react emotionally. You can have a compassion toward animals and, and you, know, uh, you know, feed a, a lost dog or, or feed a cat or whatever. Uh, even take in a, a pet or something because you feel you know, compassion or you have an emotional response. And like I said, but if you really, if animals are truly your passion, it might drive you to do something about it. Are you with me? Veterinarian, you know, volunteer at a shelter or something like that. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, you know, it, it's a response emotionally. We see in churches and in congregations and, and even not just um, necessarily in a religious, quote-unquote, atmosphere, but even in other groups and, and things like that, people often try to play on people's emotions. Hitler was awesome at that. You know, he had a huge following. He, he played on emotions. He got people hyped up and, and all that. There, now, there are a lot of churches that do that today. All flavors, they do that today. But see, I'm talking about now, you know, I know different strokes for different folks and so on and so on, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. I understand all that. But, but think about this for a minute. <clears throat> I, I, I got this one. I don't. Oh, some, sometimes I act. If you're driving in this area this time of year, you, you should, you're going to be able to relate to this. Okay. Now watch. I believe in God, and you know that I do. It's a good thing with the position I'm in right now. If you don't think I believe in God, you shouldn't be here right now. No, you know that what I believe. I believe in the truth and all that. But I will tell you that you know after you get cut off a few times on the highway, my reaction isn't always. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes what comes out of my mouth is, butthead. I'm sorry. I really am. Now, 
that wasn't out of what I believe because in my heart I believe I'm supposed to forgive, turn the other cheek, right? So, so what I had wasn't passion. It wasn't based on passion. That was total emotion. You cut me off again? Butthead! And if Michelle happens to be in the car, turn! But, but you understand, and I'm not trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making light, I'm being honest with you. Sometimes that's what happens. I, I'm not saying that it's right. I, um, I'm working on it. Pray for me. But man, but you understand, if you're driving any kind of vehicle in this area this time of year, you know what I'm talking about. It can try you. And then maybe that's not your issue. Maybe there's something else. But if you react, I, I'll give you another one. Have, have any of you seen uh, that movie, it's uh, uh, Paul, Apostle of Christ? Have you, I, I love that movie. And now, um, I, I shared it with other Christians and, and pastors, and they, they can't stand it because it's not totally scriptural. It's a narrative based on scripture. It's not meant to be totally scripturally accurate. It's his, it gives historical perspective, right? But it also is a narrative based on scripture. Okay? Okay, so now, I've already, I've, I've preached this before, and um, if you haven't seen the movie... Spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you how it ends. But the thing about it is, what, well, I love the movie, but I love it specifically at the end. Because while Paul's in prison, he's having nightmares, and it's, he's, re, he's visualizing all of the Christians that he tormented. And it shows him as a younger man tormenting the church and, and literally persecuting the church. And so... You know, it's, it shows some of the, even the younger kids that lost their lives because of what he did. And so remember, I've often told you that my personal belief is that um, when Paul was praying for that buffeter from the enemy, that messenger from Satan to be removed, it was the memories that he kept getting about his past. I really believe that the enemy of our soul buffeted Paul with that all the time. You know, all the time, made him remember and, and even brought it back. And in this particular movie, they show it as him having nightmares, right? And that he was picturing these people. But here's the great thing. When Paul, they show the, uh, the, the, toward the end of the movie where Paul is being um, prosecuted by Rome and gets his head removed. And it shows that when he's going from this light, and see, I, I'm, I'm having an emotional response right now. When he goes from this life and goes into the next life, some of the, one of the first ones that receives him is one of the little children that suffered under him. And she just runs up to him and gives him a big hug. And he starts seeing all of these people, the early church that he prosecuted, and they're all running up to him, greeting him as he's crossing over. And then you see in the distance, he looks up and you see in the distance and you can see a silhouette which looks like Jesus on the horizon. If I didn't see that movie just for that part, and then I have other brothers who are sincere brothers, can't stand the movie. See, I'm having an emotional response. It's not totally based on what I believe, right? But I'm having an emotional response. How many of you see like secular movies, and I'm not criticizing you, how many of you all see secular movies and you get, you know, you have an emotional response to it, right? Right? How about, you can't tell me that when Rocky you know, finishes that fight, you didn't get, some of us who are a little older, you didn't get a little pumped. You can't tell me the next time you went to the gym, you didn't play that theme from Rocky. Come on. 
You know, come on now. Be honest. You know you did. And some of you may still do it now. Some old school. You know what I'm saying. Right? But Because there's this emotional response. But see, that's not what this is talking about. See, the passion is different. David didn't do what he did out of pure emotion. David did what he did because he was zealous. He had a passion for God. How do I know that? How do I know that? I'm smart. No, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Even though he missed it, even though he made mistakes, bad mistakes. I'm going to go to another example. Now, remember in Numbers, just bear with me. And please, some scripture, but, but understand and try to picture these stories as, as we're going through them. In um, Numbers chapter 13, this is when the Israelis, the children of Israel with Moses, they're fixing to go into the promised land. And Moses sends the spies into the promised land. Remember that? So this is, this, that, that's where we're at right now. So now we know what happens. The spies go in, they're spying it out, and they come back and they give the report. And they're given a bad report. Ten of them give a bad report. Yeah, the, the, the land is surely flowing with milk and honey, just like God said so. But man, there'd be giants in there. There's the sons of Anak in there. There's uh, to the south or to the east, whatever it was. I mean, you, ha- you have this people. You have the Amalekites in there. You have, and, and we can't do it. We're grasshoppers in our own eyes. No, they got fortified cities. Ain't going to happen. But I love this. In 1330, Numbers 1330, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us at once go in and take possession. This is a, I, I, could be, I could see him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Quiet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let us go in. Let's take it right now. Let's go in there and take it now. That's passion. See, that's passion. That's passion. That's something from his heart. He says, for we are well able to overcome it. See? Why? Because he didn't go by what he saw. He had a passion for God. God promised us this, so we're going in. Let's take it right now. He's not going according to emotion. These people are going according... They're having an emotional response to what they saw. Come on now. This is tracking with some of you. Hey, he, they had an emotional response to what they saw. Not Caleb. Jumping ahead now uh, to chapter 14. Verses 1 and 2. All the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Emotional response. See, they're having a totally emotional response. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if we had only died in the land of Egypt, or if we only had died in this wilderness. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? These are the same people, my brothers and sisters, that saw the plagues touch them. Everybody in Egypt, the firstborn of Egypt, killed. They saw the Red Sea parted. They saw water come out of a rock. They saw manna rain from heaven. When they, could, when they got tired of the manna, God put up with their whining for a while and then let quail run, run around their little tent area. Are you, are you kidding me? So now, they're having a total emotional response. Total. But I love what it says in Numbers 6, 9. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. This is a passionate response. Are you with me? Oh, see, Tony, you're splitting hairs here. No, this is a passionate response. These gentlemen right here are not looking at the circumstances. These gentlemen are acting upon what they believe from the bottom of their heart. Right? How do I know that? Because, my brothers and sisters, the Bible just proves it out, doesn't it? 
And they spoke to all the congregation of children, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Look at, only do not rebel against the Lord. Only do not rebel. So, hey, only do not rebel against the Lord. What is stymieing your passion? You're rebelling. I'm not rebelling. You may not be consciously thinking that I'm going to rebel against the Lord, but if you're operating according to what you see, if you're letting your emotions have rule over you and help you make bad decisions, you are rebelling against the Lord. How do I know that? They just pointed it out. See, they knew something from the down on the inside of them. They know what God had spoke to them. They know that that land was going to be flowing with milk and honey and that God said, that's your land. Everywhere where you put your foot, it belongs to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's jump ahead. This is a lot of years later. We're going to go to Joshua 14, beginning in verse 6. This is when the land's being divvied up. The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, our hero, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back to him as it was in my heart. Do you see that? I brought back to him as it was in my heart. That's how I know. That's how you know what, Tony? He was acting on passion. When he tore his clothes, it was what was down inside of him. He was moved by the passion. He had a hunger. He craved for the things of God. My brothers and sisters, when he looked at those circumstances and those situations, he did not act on his emotion. He acted on his passion. He acted with passion toward the things of God. Amen? He knew he was made a promise and he was going after it no matter what. Verse 8, Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. You see that? The brothers that went with him made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. There's the difference. Passion versus emotion. Passion versus emotion. How are you operating right now? Are you operating on emotion or passion? Hallelujah. See, he didn't worry about what was around him. It was from his heart. And look at what happens if we act according to emotion. Those spies that went in there and they came back and gave a report based on emotion, an emotional response to what they saw, we can't go in there. We can't do it. Look at, the, look at the effect that it had on the rest of the people of Israel. What effect are you having on those people around you? What effect are you having on your family members? What effect are you having? Come on now. See, you're getting quiet on me. I know we're small, but you can make some noise. Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Am I the only one that's feeling this from the very depth of the soul here? Come on now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a difference between being moved and stirred with what sees what you see and how you feel in the moment. There's a big difference between that and knowing that you know that you know. And it's, we have a distinct advantage over them. 
They didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. They didn't have a risen Jesus that sent His Spirit of truth to dwell in them. We do. Hallelujah. So it's, it's a little bit easier for me to be... I see, they were looking forward. We're looking back. We're learning by their example. We're seeing something. We're seeing a people who did not have the Holy Ghost in them, but they were totally moved by the passion that they had for the Lord. Hallelujah. How are you moving? How are you moving? What is moving you? Woo! Yeah, that's Old Testament, Tony. That's why we ought to be ashamed of ourselves. That is Old Testament. Isn't what I'm doing right now trying to hype you up? Am I trying to, you know, make you emotional? No, I'm not. I, to be honest with you, I wish some of you would get emotional once in a while. It might help me. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to do is reveal this truth to you. I'm trying to say to all of us, including me, we need to be, we, listen, we need to know that what we have down inside of us, that word that we have, whether we've been in the Bible for a long time or just a little while, whether we understand great things or little things, it doesn't matter. Remember the last message. Be faithful with the little things. Be passionate about the little things that you already have. Have passion with them. Right? If you, if you just know that you know, you're just a good encourager, you know, people like just you know, seeing you smile and just being happy around them, then just, just, just do that. Amen. Do it as unto the Lord. Amen. If you're just hospitable, you know, people like to come to you, you're the, you're the place. If somebody wants to just go hang out, they're going to hang out at your place because you just are hospitable. You're going to go ahead and give them something to drink, even if you have little. You're going to go ahead and cook for them, even if you don't have a lot. Or you're just going to provide something for them. My brothers and sisters, then do it as unto the Lord. Do it heartily. Do it with all your might, like David danced. Do it with all your might. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, man. Thank you, Lord. I like this one. In John 2, Jesus. See, I'm going to give you a fresh one now. This is not Old Testament. This is New Testament. Fresh one. And this is our Lord. He went into the temple. And remember what he saw? Out in the temple courts? All the, 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 the merchants and the money changers and all that. He said to those who sold doves, These things take away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Listen. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. That's in... Psalm 69 and in Psalm 119. Think about that. We know that what Jesus really did. And I know I still have brothers in the Lord that can't stand this passage. That Jesus actually formed whips and whipped people. Turned over the tables. Sounds like Jesus had a temper tantrum. A total emotional response to what he saw. Do you think that? I don't think that. You know how I know that? How? I'm smart. No, because, listen, his zeal, his disciples remembered. This is the zeal that he has for the house of God. The house of, you see, we, Jesus took everything of the Father, everything, 100%. That was his passion. Amen. He knew why he was here. He was driven. He had it inside of him. He was driven. He was driven into the desert. He was, listen, he was led by the Spirit into the desert. He came out filled with more power, a greater anointing. My brothers and sisters, he was driven to, to the cross. He could have not taken the cross. He was driven to the cross. For, for this reason, he, was, he knew that for this reason he came to earth. He was driven to it. It was his passion, and that's why we call it the passion. It was suffering. What are you passionate about? 
Where's your passion? He turned over those tables. He had a total emotional response to this Jesus. No. It was based on this passion that he had for God. I remember a time too. Remember this one? And this one, you know, when I first read it as a baby Christian, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting that he would do this. And I'm talking about now, I think it's in, I, I hope, hopefully I made it know. I think it was uh, John chapter 11. Yeah. John 11.35, the shortest verse in the Bible. Everybody know it? Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Well, why did he weep? See, because that's when he was going back, right, to raise Lazarus from the dead. Remember? Here he was preaching. You know, they, the word got to him. Hey, your friend Lazarus is really sick. You need to go. Man, maybe they, 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 you'll go pray for him. Raise him up. Heal him and all that. And he waited. Not one day. Not two days. Four days later, he shows up. Right? But Jesus knew because he told them, I'm doing this for you. Remember, he said, this is Tony language. I'm doing this so that you could witness something. Basically, is what he told him. So now, he goes back, but before he gets all the way there, Mary, Lazarus' sister, says, Lord, and she's weeping. And, so, and this, see, Jesus is seeing all these people around, mourning Lazarus. He, Lazarus, he knows that he's getting ready to call Lazarus, that dead man, out of that tomb, and he was going to be alive. He already knew it. Yes. He already knew it. Yes. But he, he was weeping. Why was he weeping? He was having an emotional response. He, was, he became emotional because of all of the people around him weeping. His heart went out to them. It wasn't, he wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead and gone and he was having an emotional response to that. No, he was weeping with them. He was, he was listen, he felt sympathy. He felt empathy for them. So he's having an emotional response. But here's what happened. Then passion took over. And that st- he's rolling away the stone. Lord, <laughs> he's been in there a while. It's gonna, not going to be pleasant. Roll the stone away. And passion said, Lazarus, come forth. Didn't even, listen, when he started praying that prayer, when he prayed before that, he said, Father, I know that this is, this is a done deal. I'm not Tony language. All right? I'm paraphrasing. Father, I know that this is a done deal. But nevertheless, I'm praying so that they can hear, that they can understand. Isn't that right? Okay. Lazarus, come forth. That's passion. That's passion. See, no phony stuff. I hope this happens. Maybe. No. Lazarus, come forth. That man came up out of that grave alive, didn't he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's passion. That's passion. Uh, Acts chapter 4. Peter and John going into the gate beautiful, right? We know the lame man was there. Gold and silver have I none, such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. When that man that was lame from birth, when he got up, what did he do? If you go there in your Bible, you'll see it. It says he was leaping and dancing. I wonder... Could that be qualified as an emotional response or would that be a passionate response? I've got to believe that, that was, there was a lot of passion in that thing. He danced and leapt before the Lord. And I want to tell you something. All that man did was receive the power in his leg. And I want to tell you something. If he never walked, but he gets up and he starts to walk, not only does he start walking, man, he's, he's doing the moonwalk. He probably cut a couple backflips. 
But, but he never used those legs for that before. But instantaneously, he's able to dance and walk. You tell me there wasn't any passion in that. So let me ask you something. All he did was be able to get, use his legs again. Jesus saved your life. Jesus saved your life. How can you just sit lifeless in those seats? How can you just be lifeless in your couch at home? How could you do that? How could you not have passion for the things of God? He saved your life. He set you free. Hallelujah. Last scripture, then we'll pray. Galatians 5, 24 and 25. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions. Right? Okay, so now watch. Here's what I can say. Number one, do you belong to Christ? Number two, have you crucified the passions that you have in this world? The fleshly passions, the fleshly yearnings, those things that are on the inside of you that motivate you to do other activities, whatever they are, those things that push and drive you, those things that push and drive you, those things that motivate you and give you enthusiasm. Have you killed those? Because I want to tell you, if you haven't, then it's going to be really hard for you to have passion about the things of God. Oh wait, you can go to certain services and you go to a revival tent and you can get all hype. But it's only going to last as long as that next problem that you have. And I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, in this culture, that's what we're doing. We're raising a couple generations now of people who are all about the hype, but not about the passion. And my brothers and sisters, it's going to take passion in the days ahead. Because we're going to have to make some sacrifices. Come on. Oh, hey, how come I didn't hear any amens then? We're going to have to make some sacrifices. It's going to get tough. Oh, you shouldn't confess that, Tony. Hey, I'm not conf- I'm saying what the Word says. In this world, you'll have tri- tribulation, but be of good cheer. I'll overcome the world. If you are sowing to the world, forget about it. But if you're sowing to the Spirit, God is going to give you increase. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about spiritual prosperity. I'm going to t- now I want to tell you, you cannot in any way be passionate uh, toward Jesus and not experience joy. If you're passionate about your walk with Jesus, if you're passionate about the things of God, you will have joy. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because Galatians tells us that. My brothers and sisters, I need to go ahead and crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. And listen, second part, 25. If we live by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us live our lives. The Spirit gave us life. The Spirit is alive inside of us. So now let's live it out that way. Let's live our lives in the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, make us passionate. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. I want the zeal that Jesus had. I want that craving. I want that motivation. I want that on the inside of me where, listen, the thing that's moving me is not my flesh, not my fleshly desires. It's going to be the love of God in me and the love that I have for people. Amen? Amen. Amen. So stand with me, please.